Hi, everyone. I'm Timothy Martin, and welcome to this week's episode of GFOA's Finance Fridays. We're heading out to Colorado today for our conversation with Amanda Claprich. For some of us, figuring out our career and the path we need to take isn't always clear. In that journey, sometimes we take a step back before we figure things out. Amanda grew up in Wisconsin to hardworking parents and a pretty typical childhood. During high school, the family relocated to Colorado, which was an easy transition for an avid snowboarder and skier. Upon finishing high school, Amanda didn't have a firm direction towards a course of study. Her first attempt at college didn't take, and she found herself working a fast food job. At 21, she took a job as a corrections officer in the prison system. After a few years, that environment took its toll on Amanda as she freely admits, I didn't like the person I was becoming. Now married with children, the family relocated to the county of Rio Grande where she began an entry-level position with the city of Monte Vista. She said it took her until her 30s to figure out that public finance might be her intended path. Working her way up with AP and AR functions and returning to her education, Amanda now finds herself as the financial manager for the county with her bachelor and master's degree completed and proud that she is able to make an impact on her community. Let's join our conversation. So Amanda, when we put the call out for potential guests for season two of the podcast, you you reached out to us and submitted um, you know, that you'd like to be a guest on the podcast. What, what made you interested in doing that? I think I have a pretty unique story and background for how I got where I'm at. And it can be pretty motivational to the right people, I guess. <laughs> so let's dive into that. Um, you grew up, I, I believe, in Wisconsin, right? Yes, I did. Um, my parents moved my sister and I out here to Colorado in the summer of 1998. So what was, uh, you know, walk me through childhood, um, you know, before that move to Colorado. What was what was being a kid like for you? It was running around, playing in rural Wisconsin, being able to go back and forth between friend's house and in the neighborhood we grew up in. Mom and dad could call out the back door and yell or whistle for us, and we knew it was time to come home. And that was back in, what, the 80s and 90s, right? Yes, it was. And, and you know, parent life. Um, I think you mentioned to us they were hard workers, and they instilled, you know, hard work ethics in you. Kind of explain yes. that a little bit. Um, my dad has always been in agriculture. Um, we never really had a farm or anything, but he worked for a cooperative back in Wisconsin, um, spraying fields, and he would get up at 4 or 5 a.m. and wouldn't get home until 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning. So a lot of times during the summer, we didn't see my dad a whole lot. Um, my mom worked as a secretary for the school district back in Wisconsin, and she was there a lot. And in the summers when she wasn't working for the school district, she was um, working for one of the local businesses in town. Now, you know, with your dad not being home a lot and obviously working and providing, you know, as much as he can for the family, kind of growing up, does that, does that make you not get as close to your dad as, as people who have their, you know, who, whose parents work nine to five, Did, were you more close to your mom or, or was that time you got to spend with your dad when he was there and not working more treasured? Um, the time that I got to spend with my dad was treasured. I mean, of course my sister and I were 
you know, kids and got into trouble and everything else. But um, so I what, don't what, think what kind of trouble did we get into as kids? <laughs> not coming home on time, not coming when we're called for, not cleaning our rooms. <laughs> And 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 you, you had a sister, you know. I've got three girls. They fight all the time. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Now, how was the sister dynamic in your house? Um, my sister and I actually we weren't horribly close until I left for college my freshman year. And 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 kind of in school, were you a good student? Did you did you did you know what you wanted to do or, or what, where were your areas of interest as you kind of transitioned from, from middle school into high school? Um, science and math. They were the things that I was most interested in. Um, my freshman year of high school, I struggled a little bit just because I thought I knew everything. Um, but then as going through high school, um, I, I was a pretty straight A student. And my senior year of high school, I was actually doing college courses because I only had one other required high school class that I had to take. So you mentioned, um, I think you mentioned earlier moving, you moved to Colorado um, yes. and, and you were still in high school at that point. So mm -hmm. kind of walk me through that as, as, a, as a teenager, because you're not only, you know, okay, some, you know, a lot of teenagers change, they maybe have to change schools. Not only did you change high schools where you know, presumably grew up knowing everybody and, and had a bunch of friends there. You didn't, you didn't just move to like uh, the county next door. You, you moved to a whole different state. So, yeah. I mean, walk me through when you learned that was going to happen and what your reaction was to that. Um, I was actually not really upset about it. I was excited about it. Um, I've always been kind of the kid that does best keeping to themselves. And I always had just kind of a close-knit group. I wasn't part of a big group of friends. Um, and so, yes, I missed my friends, but it was, it was kind of cool and exciting that I got to move to Colorado. And I'm a skier snowboarder and have been since I was two or three years old. So that made it even cooler. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're a skier or snowboarder and your your parents say, hey, we're moving to Colorado, there's yeah, not yeah. much to complain about there. Uh, so how quickly did it take you to hit the slopes? Um, actually, we hit the slopes coming out. It was probably the Easter right before we moved out here. Um, my dad took us up to Breckenridge. Very good, very good. So, um, I mean, moving into the new high school, did that work well? Um, obviously, you, you sound like you were up for the challenge, and um, but you still have to go and do it, and you still yeah. have to, I guess, succeed in it. And 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 was that what was that like? Um, it was a little scary, you know, going into a new school, meeting new friends, trying to find my place. Um, but I eventually did find my place and I still am very close with that group of friends that I graduated high school with that I hung out with all through high school. So, and you did, I mean, you did a number of, sounds like from what you told us previously, a number of extracurricular activities. I think volleyball was in there, band, right? Track. Yep. What else did you participate in? Um, let's see, volleyball, band, track. Um, I did some speech, um, and some FFA. And so speech, is that public speaking or is that? Um, it was more of, I guess out here it's called forensics. Oh. So 
I'm There's way off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you debate and you can do like duet plays and that kind of thing. So yeah. So when 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 high school role, you know, is is kind of drawing to a close, um, you're doing very well, it sounds like. And but you have to, as most juniors and seniors have to kind of be thinking about and talking with guidance counselors about, well, hey, what, what do I want to do? Where were you at in your mind? Um, at that point in my mind, I was actually in psychology. I had taken my senior year of high school, I had taken a couple of psychology courses, some college level psychology courses. And so that's where my interest was. And so as a freshman in college, that's what I went into. What what made you interested in psychology? Because obviously you, you we know where you are now, um, <laughs> okay, a finance yeah. manager. Um, so so you know what 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 made you think early on? Hey, I think psychology is something I want to do. Um, I just found it really interesting and fascinating on the different theories that arise from how all of our brains function and how we act, and it was just interesting to me at the time. So let's talk about that college experience because um, I believe I heard from a good source that would be you that yeah. um, you you really uh, I guess things changed a little bit in in college and you uh, rebelled I think is is what, how you put it um, yeah I I did rebel I was I was from my point of view I was a good kid and I didn't get into a ton of trouble. I had, you know, was doing really good in school, um, that kind of thing. And going into college, I, I was a little crazy, I guess you could say. And I mean, that, you know, obviously that, you know, a lot of kids get to, you know, that's their, that's their first moment where they don't have mom and dad and don't have a curfew to come home to. And, um, but you've also still got to keep your grades up or you're not going to be in college very long. And was that a struggle? Yeah, that's actually what happened. <laughs> um, my my joke right now is that I waited until I was thirty years old to decide exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So, so it sounds like obviously, um, okay. I, I'm, I'm I don't want to say this. Uh, you, I don't want to flunked out. I mean, I don't know if that's the correct way to put it. Dropped out is that? Um, yeah. Dropped dropped out is a, a correct way to put it. Okay. But obviously that you've got to, that's got to be doing something to you or you've got to be, you know, kind of, you know, when, when you get to that point to say, okay, you know, I'm, 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 I'm living the college life a little bit too fun. I'm going to have to drop out of school. I mean, where was your mindset at? Um, because, you know, normal people go to college and they leave and they, they, they start their career. And now you're here kind of faced with this really big challenge of, okay, this, this isn't working out um, for various right. reasons, obviously. Um, and and where, where were you at in your mind at that point? Um, in my mind, I was at that point where I didn't want to spend any more of my mom and dad's money for school. I needed to figure out exactly what I wanted to do with my life because psychology was apparently not, you know, my interest. Um, and so, you know, I, I decided to drop out of school and move back home um, and was the shift manager for the local Arby's um, for quite a while and also took some community college courses in the meantime to kind of keep up getting my general education courses. And, and, and you know, in kind of 
just to kind of close out the leaving school and, and kind of moving back home, was that a tough conversation to have with your parents? Did you do a lot of listening in that conversation um, and they did a lot of talking or, 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 or how was that? Um, it was me just letting them know where I was at and how I was feeling about everything. And, you know, I kind of already had a plan set in place when I had the conversation with them and was already kind of moving forward with it. But luckily, you know, they had my sister before me who, you know, she kind of did the same thing. She couldn't figure out exactly her niche and they understood. So. So you're back home. You're, you're at, at working. Um, I think you said full-time at, at Arby's yeah. and taking community college courses. Yeah. Was there, were you still in, it sounds like you were still in the figuring out stage uh, about what you want to do. Were you taking courses that kind of you hoped would help you come up with an answer? Um, I was, and I was trying to just kind of finish up my general education courses. And, you know, I, I guess at some point, do you get, you know, every job is a meaningful job, but, you know, you're working at Arby's, it, I assume at some point you're thinking, I, I want, I want something better than this. Yeah. And, and, and the question is, how do you get there? How do you, how do you make that happen? Um, well, luckily where my parents live out here in Colorado, there is a state prison. So as soon as I turned 21, I applied to work as a guard um, and went through the academy for six weeks. And I actually ended up doing that for four and a half years. And what made you interested in going down that route? Because that's not also, that, I mean, that's not necessarily no. a job that you envision yourself when you're in high school saying, I want to, I guess, grow up and be a corrections officer. Um, obviously a very tough job, hardworking job, um, a lot of demands, a lot of stress for the people that do that. But, but, you know, that's not something that a lot of people, you know, set out to do. So where did you get pointed in that direction at? Um, so at the time I had a friend who their parents worked out there, um, and had a long conversation about it. It was good money. Um, if I decided I wanted to get a degree in criminal justice, I could very easily go that route and they would help with some of that schooling. Um, and so that was kind of an option and a phase in trying to figure out what exactly I wanted to do. And, and, you know, was, what was going into that like? I mean, kind of paint a picture for me of, of a, you know, a normal day. I, I guess when I saw corrections officer, I'm, I'm imagining you in the jail and there are inmates and, and all those types of things. And, and so kind of paint the picture for me of, of a normal day for you. What was that? What was that like at that time? Um, so it's exactly like you described it, um, getting up, putting on the uniform, going into work, um, you have to have on all your protection gear, your OC, your pepper spray, um, your cuffs, all of it. It was being 21 and thinking I kind of knew everything. It was definitely a culture shock, but I did grow up very quickly and I did learn a lot from it. So what are some things or moments that you look back on in that experience that, that kind of made you grow up? Um, because I can imagine you saw all types of things there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, and, you know, so what were some of the, you know, things that you can share with us or would be willing to share that you look back on and say, you know, this, this really kind of hardened me? 
Um, the name calling that was horrendous. Um, was it name calling to you or was it name calling to other inmates? No, it's, it's name calling to staff. Um, I actually, at one point had an inmate come up and tell me that he could take care of me. I could quit my job and move to Mexico and his family would take care of me. And when he got out of prison, which he was in prison for life, he would take care of me. So, you know, it sounds like, a you know, a lot of verbal abuse happening across, you know, in, in, yes, in here. Yes. And, you know, you're, you just mentioned, you just told us you're, you were, I guess, 21 at the time, you know, a few years ago, you're in high school playing volleyball. And now you're, yeah. you're standing in a prison uh, being told something like that from inmates. What made you want to go back the next day and the next day and the next day? Um, I, I really don't know anymore. <laughs> um, at the time it was good money and I got to do the things that I loved outside of work. Um, I got to go snowboarding and skiing on the weekends. Um, I, I got to purchase my first car on my own. I, I mean, I got to do all these things that I had wanted to do and I was getting paid good money and I was only 21 years old. So that's what kept me going back. So you were achieving some goals, you know, you, you got a car, um, yeah. you, know, you were able to have some you time and, and have some experiences um, that you could afford, yes. um, but you still weren't, it doesn't sound like you still weren't doing what you thought you were maybe born to do and what your long-term path was. Right. And I did try going back to school during the time that I was a corrections officer, because I thought that I had wanted to do justice as a degree that didn't work out either you also mentioned um you know potentially you know you know had some good, some good mentors uh, in the you know in the criminal justice field early on that kind of guided you what was that what was that like or, or who was that and how did how did they help um they helped me a lot um i was actually working towards being promoted and testing to be promoted into a sergeant level had I stayed there, but I had to, to actually take a step back for myself and decide whether or not that was really something I wanted to do for the rest of my life because I feel like I'm a pretty good person, really nice, and I didn't like the person I was becoming by working there. So I just had to take that step back and reevaluate what I wanted to do. And how did you see the person you were becoming? When you looked in the mirror, what did you see? Um, I saw a very hard person that was not very nice and um, was having to be really hard and upfront and hold my ground on a lot of things that I should hold my ground on, but at the same time, the word I want to use is probably not appropriate, <laughs> but I I didn't feel like I was the same person, like I was nice and I was being true to myself. Well, I mean, I, I can imagine working in the environment that you worked in that that does that to can can easily do that to people. Um, yeah. And and um, I mean, can certainly be a challenge. For, and and you know, I can imagine that you know that was that was a very difficult difficult you know, things to do day by day for you. Yeah. Yes, it was. And, you know, through that whole process, when I was working for the prison, I did end up meeting my husband. He was um, a fellow guard as well. And 
you know, getting pregnant with my first child in that, in that process too. So good things did come from this job. Oh, you yeah, found a family, you have a family and, um, yes. you know, so, well, so that, that's kind of a happy ending uh, to what was a difficult, you know, difficult, um, you know, stressful, stressful job for you. What yeah. we haven't talked about yet is how you are going to get into public finance and kind of start your journey into that. And we will dive into that right after the break. And we're back with Amanda Claprich. We've been talking about the, the job working, um, working in the prison as a corrections officer, stress of that. And obviously, um, you know, at some point you made a decision where you said, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. So, yes, so walk me through where that decision uh, was made and how that came about. Um, so my husband is originally from Rio Grande County. He was born and raised in the area down here. And he had said he wanted to move back home. And he had brought me down here when we were still dating. And I said, you know what? We're right in the middle of the mountains. He hills 45 minutes away. I'm happy if you want to move back home. I can deal with that. And so he finally, you know, he finally said, I want to move back home. And so we moved down here and I got a job as a receptionist for the city of Monta Vista police department. And that's kind of where my introduction to working in municipality, governmental environment kind of came in at, as far as, you know, one going in the direction I wanted to go in. And, and what, you know, what, what was it that made you, because it sounds like leading up to this in your life, you're just you're kind of trying to um, make money, get by, not really doing what you love or where you see your path going. But based on what you just said, it seemed you know that kind of started to be the turning point when you entered local government. What was it about that that you maybe said, okay, you know what, maybe this is the path I want to be on? Um, it was my community. It was where we were going to make a life and raise our family, and I wanted to be able to make an impact on my community the way that other people have made an impact in the communities that I was raised in. And so um, you're, you're starting out, um, you know, in the, in the receptionist role at the police department. Where do we go from there? Where does that, where do we start to enter public finance? So we start to enter public finance two, two years later when I was promoted to the cashier on the city side for city of Monta Vista. Um, and that's kind of where my introduction and everything came from because within a year of taking that position, I was then promoted into accounts payable, accounts receivable, and decided that maybe that is what I needed to be doing instead of always going the science route for my education, I needed to maybe look at going the math route which I was always good at in high school, but never really thought that was my thing. Yeah, you know, that's interesting that you, you yeah, you're right. You had those two different, two different backgrounds. You kind of been on one and maybe it's not that one, maybe it's the other one, but you, you um, something in that, you had to be attracted though to that first job after being a secretary two years later that said, okay, this, why did you find that interesting or why did you find that as something wanting you wanted to pursue and accept? Um, 
I found it interesting because of a mentor that I had that helped encourage me in that direction because she had pointed out, hey, you're really good at the cashier, the receptionist side of everything. You know your numbers, you know your math, you're always on. Let's let's see what this does for you. And that's kind of where that ended up was I was really successful in the communication aspect between customer and myself. And from that point, it went to accounts payable, accounts receivable, being able to kind of put everything together and be able to communicate with the department heads and being able to work with the numbers and learn new things. And I think that's always been my biggest interest is always being able to learn. Well, and I think, you know, I, I, I know it. I don't have to tell you this from working in public finance. There's always something new to learn with different things that are different things that are happening. So it sounds like that is a very good fit for you. So you also told us a story because you're where you, the, the, the location that you're explaining and, and where you moved and, and transitioned and moved up. That's not where you are now, right? That's not Rio Grande. County. Yes, it is. It is real. It's real great. Yeah, it is. I know, I know a story. You mentioned a story to us that I think is interesting. Um, and it's about and to tell me where that was because you were on vacation somewhere, and I think the finance director moved on. Yes. And 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 you were the only person in that. I guess the only other staff member in that department, right? Or if, kind of. How that yeah, happened. no, that's exactly right. Um, that was when I was working for the city of Monta Vista just after, I want to say a year after I'd been promoted into the accounts payable, accounts receivable position. So, so you're yeah. in that position and you go on vacation or, or who was on vacation? You were the finance director. No, it was my husband and I. Um, we were actually on vacation for archery hunting season. And so you're on vacation. I guess you get a call that says, you know, uh, yeah. do you have to come back from your vacation or, or what happened there? Um, no, it was at the tail end of the vacation anyway. And so they didn't have me come back or anything, but it was definitely very unnerving to walk into work knowing that my, essentially my boss, my supervisor was not there anymore. And I was the person. So yeah. So, I mean, I imagine that's got to, you've got to step up pretty quickly or, 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 you know, show people around you that you can step up pretty quickly yes, yes. during that moment. And so, um, you know, did you feel you were up for that challenge? Did you look at that as, okay, this is my opportunity to, to even advance myself here or, or where did all that go? And what was that time frame like in that, that period of adjustment or, um, you know, in, you know, maybe, you know, when there's an interim someone, is that you or, or where, where do we walk me through all that? Um, the interim person was not me. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't actually want that position at the time. I wanted to give myself time to finish school because at this point I had just started going back to school for my accounting degree. And so I did not feel like I could actually take that on because I didn't know what was going to happen with school. I didn't know if I was going to decide that maybe it wasn't my thing anymore. 
Um, so I didn't actually take on that position for interim. I kind of helped work with the interim that came in and made sure that um, everything looked good and everything, I gave them as much information as I could as far as what was going on and I knew what was going on, but I didn't actually take on that position. And, and what, what, what happens after that or, or how does that, how does that, how do you end up leaving there? Um, so I ended up leaving because at the time I was finishing my bachelor's degree in accounting, um, through CSU Pueblo or CSU Global, I'm sorry, um, which is the online university for Colorado State University. And I knew that I was going to need some other experience outside of governmental accounting and so I went in and applied for a payroll position with a local construction company. So um, you actually leave the public sector and go back and go into the private sector. I do. Yeah, I did. And, uh, and that's like, um, you know, that's interesting in itself. Um, and so, but it sounds like you did it for a specific reason. Yes. Um, I, my specific reason behind getting out of the public sector was because I knew to better market myself in an accounting career. If I had private and public accounting experience, I would be more of a value to whoever I applied for or whatever career I decided to choose to pick, um, to stay in with my accounting. And how long were you doing that? Um, so I worked for the construction company doing payroll for two years. Um, and then I was offered a position with the Rio Grande Club and Resort that is up in South Fork. It's also within Rio Grande County. Um, and I did their bookkeeping for two years. And so you're, you're, you're working the, back in the, in the private sector. You're not you're not able to, you know, help the community that you talked about earlier, you Correct. know, earlier, you're not, you know, I guess you don't feel that because, you know, you're working for a private company or organization. Um, was the, was, or was the thought that I want to get back to public finance one day. Um, and I just kind of had to do this for that experience. Um, and, and why was that the thought? Does it go back to that community aspect? Um, I'm not sure that it went back to that community aspect because the position I'm currently in with Rio Grande County had been open several times over the couple of years that I was working with the Rio Grande Club and Resort doing their bookkeeping. And it was always, mm, it's not right. I'm still going to school. I'm now trying to finish my master's degree. I, I didn't, I was content where I was because at this point we had the two kids and they were getting old enough that I needed to be home because my husband is also a police officer. And so somebody had to be able to have that flexible time. And so at the time it was fine. And then I started getting into the last little bit of finishing my master's degree and it was, okay, we really need to look at finding something that's going to be able to help pay off school loans. And that, yes, I can have some kind of effect on my community or some kind of mark on my community. And, and, you know, for anyone listening, you've made the jump from finishing your accounting degree to okay. now finishing your master's degree for someone who 
didn't really do very well when they, uh, you know, left high school and into college. I, I wouldn't have wouldn't have thought just years later you'd be you'd be completing your master's degree. So, um, does your outlook on education and, and being in college? I guess it looks different now as a, as, a, as a mom and and someone who's got a career around them versus someone who's you know leaving leaving the parents and and kind of out on their own with friends. Right. I absolutely have more value in my education now than I probably would have when I first started going to college um, just because, you know, I worked full time. I was a mom and I went to school full time and held straight A's. Um, I actually graduated with honors with my bachelor's and my master's degree. And maybe touch a little bit on kind of, you know, the benefits that maybe you see of that further education, because you've got you've got students out there that kind of graduate with a bachelor's degree and kind of say, you know what, I'm not doing college anymore. I'm done. And then I, I just want to go into a career, but does that extra, that extra education give you options? And, and you've told us you're a learner and does mm-hmm. it, does it, you know, give you more flexibility and, and, you know, kind of a different kind of attitude and mindset to look at look at this profession differently with your background that you've gotten now with masters? Um, it does. I see um, my employer has a lot more value in me. Um, they were excited to even have somebody who would have, you know, had a bachelor's degree, let alone a master's degree. And so I, I see a lot more value in that, a lot more knowledge. And in public finance, that's huge. It changes constantly there's new statutes there's new laws there's new standards you have to abide to for public finance public accounting and that little bit of extra gives you more of that in-depth education as to what you are getting into and so you mentioned that job that you're in now had been open Mm -hmm. um, a number of times sounds like they maybe just didn't find the right person because here you are um, yeah, but um, it, it took a little bit of convincing. <laughs> convincing you or? Co- um, the whole process for getting into my position included essentially four different interviews. Wow. Um, I interviewed with a board um, that was made up of the admin team. And then um, I was in a public board of commissioners meeting introduced as a candidate. So I was presented to the public. Um, I was then in a manager's meeting, um, presented to all the department heads within the county, and then sat down one-on-one with the board of county commissioners. So it it took a lot. And how long was that whole process? How long was the whole hiring process in that job start to finish? Um, It was probably four to six weeks. And... You're so. Do you hire employees right now? Are you somebody that does hiring? Are I you, do not. <laughs> you, do you have a staff? Um, it is me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so is that, well, you told us early on, you know, you kind of keep to yourself, you like that aspect, but is that, so you, you know, that's not nothing new to you, but in a, in a, in a world where we've seen it turn upside down with COVID and, and all the legislation coming out of Washington, DC and different things, do you wish you had some help some days? Yes, some days, absolutely. Um, our executive administra- administrative assistant, she's phenomenal. 
she helps me with some stuff. We have a receptionist that receptionist that helps me. And then the county administrator, you know, I have, I have a really good support system around me. So I'm grateful for that. And what, what's that, what's the role been like? Um, you know, has it, has it been everything I guess you hoped it would be, or has have, have there been challenges or, or, you know, what, what's, um, what's, life like is kind of a, a one-person band there? Um, it's challenging. Um, ups and downs, goods and bads, like every position, every job has. Um, right now, we're going through the budget season, and so that's the biggest challenge. I actually had budget meetings this morning with the commissioners, so that's the biggest challenge is just making sure to stay on top of everything that I need to stay on top of, and, you know, I work very closely with accounts payable and payroll and everything else. And it's just trying to maintain a lot of the internal controls and making sure that I am staying in the finance manager position as well as overseeing accounts payable and payroll to make sure that everything is running smoothly. You know, not to give a, a self plug for GFOA, but I guess I'm going to here. Um, and one, you know, a one person office, um, it sounds like, you know, if there's any case for GFOA to be a resource for someone, you know, this could be it for you. How do you, oh, yeah. use, how do you use the organization as a member? So GFOA has been a part of my life since I got my position. Um, I started out, I went through and did the governmental accounting training courses to get a refresher on everything. And I did the beginner, intermediate, and expert level courses. I've done numerous trainings through GFOA. I took advantage of the scholarship to be able to go to the national conference in Austin this last year, and that was amazing. They've helped me tremendously on making sure that I stay up to date on everything, and I'm constantly learning what's going on, being updated on what's going on, and Honestly, I don't know if I would have been able to make it without GFOA because they really have helped. That's great. That's 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 great to hear. Um, was this your first conference? Was Austin your first your first ever GFOA? It was, yeah. Okay. So what do you think of that? You know, big crowd being in person, was that a good experience for you? It was. It was a phenomenal experience. It really was. Well, we hope we see you in Portland coming up. Uh, you will. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, good. So uh, what's, um, you know, what do you see as your future? I mean, it seems like you've finally gotten some calmness. You're, you're, you're doing what you want to do, where, where your, the path ultimately led you from the, the, the struggles and, I guess, indecisiveness of not knowing what to do early on. What, what, do, you, where, what do you see your future? Um, my future is right where I'm at right now. Um, I'm currently working on a couple of different certifications um, the CGFM certification, the certification through GFOA, um, and I'm going to be right where I'm at. Um, we're, my family, we're raising our kids here. They love it here and we're thriving. So, yeah. And I think your story is, is, you know, I think there's a lot of people in college or just out of college that can relate to your story because, you know, a lot of a lot of kids go into school and and kind of on one direction and it doesn't work out and then they're kind of left wondering what to do or where my path is 
Um, and and they, they do, they take those jobs like you did, uh, working at Arby's, working as a corrections officer, you know, just trying to make ends meet, get a paycheck, have some fun along the way, and, and while still trying to figure out what you want to do. What's your message to someone listening that kind of may be in that boat? Um, you know what? Don't, don't be too hard on yourself. Give yourself that little bit of grace because you will eventually find what you are meant to do. It, it just may take a little bit. And you, you touched a little bit on, on mentors along the way. How important was it to have mentors and, and to continue to kind of find new mentors? Um, it was very important because they helped guide me in those directions that I may not at the time thought I needed to be guided in, but in all actuality, I did need to be guided because when it came to accounting and finding the field of accounting, it helped me to recognize that this is a strength of mine and I need to embrace it. And were there moments along the way in your life that you look back on now and say, this kind of prepared me for where I'm at now? Oh yes, absolutely. And what, what, what are some of those moments? Um, this is probably going to sound a little bit crazy, but going through the training academy for the um, Department of Corrections, I had to go through verbal judo classes and communication courses and communication training. And I feel like that's helped me tremendously, especially in this situation, because you go into a budget meeting and you don't know how it's going to turn out. And you have to be able to communicate properly in order to make sure that things don't escalate or that you can de-escalate a situation that's gotten a little heated. And so, you know, as we kind of close out the podcast here, you're, you're a mom, you've got some kids, right? I do. Yes. How old are they? And, and, and what's, what's motherhood like? Um, 12 and eight right now, motherhood consists of wrestling science fair, um, advanced math and science classes for the 12 year old. Well, that would be good for you to help with. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, basketball for the eight-year-old. She's all over the place. And I keep getting told she's just like me when I was that age. So I guess I've got a lot to look forward to. So what are you going to do when one of your kids uh, comes home and tells you, hey, I'm dropping out of school. I'm just, uh, I need to party some more. Um, I'm going to say maybe you shouldn't party some more, but maybe you need to get a job as well. All right. Well, uh, we, we always uh, end the podcast asking just some a uh, couple fun questions to our guests. So um, are you ready for those? Yep, I'll take them. So what is a, what's a pet peeve that you have? Chewing with your mouth open in my ear. <laughs> Courtesy of my kids. Uh, I think that that would probably get on uh, a lot of people's nerves. Yes. Um, <laughs> They, they've probably gotten to the point where they just do it on purpose now because they know it annoys you. Oh, I'm sure they have because my 12 year old will look at me and start giggling. So, <laughs> so what's a, what's a bucket list item for you? Ooh, I want to go take the kids to Yellowstone with our camper. Well, that sounds like, that sounds like a very fun and doable. Yes. Bucket list <laughs> item. Put yep. that on the calendar for next summer. It already is. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, um, listen, uh, you know, Amanda, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Uh, great story. Um, I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. Um, and, and, you know, 
appreciate you reaching out. It was really nice to meet you and enjoy talking to you. Yeah, you guys as well. Thank you so much. And thank you, our audience, for listening. We'll talk again on the next Finance Fridays. You've been listening to Finance Fridays, a GFOA production. This podcast was produced by Dan Zielinski. Our conversation was hosted by Timothy Martin. The original theme music for Finance Fridays was composed by David Cronister. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review your experience. New episodes will release on Fridays. I'm Chris Morrill, the Executive Director of GFOA. We appreciate you joining us.